She wondered if he'd done it for that reason alone, or to emphasize what he'd started on the curb of the convenience store. He was taking charge of the situation. He opened her door, held out a hand to help her from the car. As she lifted her gaze to his face, she saw patience. Calm. Much calmer than she felt. Just TV and dinner. If that was how he was viewing this, she could do it too. But she wasn't in the habit of lying to herself. Well, not as much as she used to do. And this was a testing ground. She rationalized that she could have mistaken his meaning with the whole bratting comment. But even if she hadn't, he was likely pretty serious about keeping it platonic and easy tonight. She couldn't imagine a cop stating straight out to a reporter that he was a sexual dominant. She sure as hell didn't want to talk about the things inside her that meshed with that. Things she spent a lot of time ignoring. Enough that it had pretty much killed casual dating for her. Celeste, would you like to know why you gave us the name Knights of the Boardroom? why you taunt us through your columns, why you goaded us by showing up at Club Surreal three times. She hadn't been blessed with an eidetic memory, but that night she'd been forced to see that what she needed in a relationship might be the antithesis of what she'd always thought she wanted. She tried to ignore it, bury it, but no detail of that evening dimmed with time. She thought about it too often. Plus, she had most of it on tape. There's a term for it. It's called bratting, actively seeking retribution, asking for something you don't truly understand, but something inside you craves. Returning to the present, she met Leland's gaze. Damn it, it was just a frozen dinner and some sports clips. Setting her jaw, she placed her hand in his. This time, the contact sent a full-body shiver through her, and his grip was firmer. She wanted to jerk away, just run. While not wanting to come off like an idiot held her in place, she reminded herself that being governed by self-consciousness instead of self-preservation was the kind of thing that resulted in a woman's body being found in the woods. She wasn't worried about that with Leland, though, and it wasn't just Jay's endorsement. When Leland touched her, she knew she had nothing to fear from him in that way. He dropped her hand once she was out, giving her some breathing room as he carried their two sacks of groceries toward the door. She paused to pull her go bag out of the back, locked her car, and followed. The man worked a pair of jeans as well from the back as he did the front. Christ, what an amazing ass. High and taut, it made a woman want to grab two handfuls and hang on as he plunged into her, his cock hammering her hard and deep, his breath against her face and neck. Her gaze slid to the pull of his shirt over the wide shoulders. She thought of those muscles rippling under the honey-gold skin as he braced himself over her. He'd tell her she'd take all of him, command her to lock her ankles higher over his ass so he could thrust so deep into her she'd have no doubt who owned her, body and soul. He wouldn't coax or compel her to surrender.
He'd just demand it. He'd still the voices, so all the decisions were his. Yet weirdly, the choice to let it happen would be her ultimate decision. The one that made everything else work. Jesus. She'd paused, her breath shortening at the power of such an image. Shoot her now before humiliation embedded itself in her brain like a permanent thorn. Which would be the end result if she made a fool out of herself in front of a man who was putting off vibes she should resist, but couldn't. In college, she'd thought herself as far from the dom-sub world as a girl could get. Then, she'd done a paper on the subjugation of women and browbeat a friend into taking her to a BDSM play party. In retrospect, the friend had probably hoped Celeste would see it differently firsthand, but Celeste had viewed it through a lens made...